With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Paranormal, everyone. I'm Nicolina. And I'm Cody Crane. (laughs) And we are back for our first episode of the new year. And tonight we have a very special guest on the show who we are super excited to interview. We have Lauren B. Robbins, who is a psychic, spirit medium, afterlife research medium, author, healer, and spiritual teacher, who has been named one of the best and most accurate psychic mediums by Ariel for the past four years in a row and has appeared on television, including The List TV Show and many others. Welcome, Lauren. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love the paranormal. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us. We're thrilled to have you. And we have come prepared with quite a bit of questions to get things going. I'm sure we will uh, expand on a lot of that as we get into the conversation. So, of course, just to get things started, can you please share just a little bit about yourself, your background, and really um, when you first realized that you were sensitive. This all started at the age of two. I was born somewhat normal, like everybody else, all five fingers and, you know, 10 fingers and 10 toes, not five. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, my eyesight was normal. I appeared to be normal, but around the age of um, two years old, I got really sick with bronchitis. I always had like a lot of upper respiratory things. But at that age, I coughed so much that I lost the muscle in my left eye and I developed permanent double vision. And at that age, around two and a half years old, I started seeing wolves flying around my bedroom and ghostly figures forming at night um, that would walk up and approach me so I could feel them. And I could see them. And it was actually, it was very interesting because at a very young age, um, I started being able to di- differentiate like what was good and what was not good with the paranormal. And then just kind of, you know, went to school and tried to be this normal kid because I was picked on brutally for my eyesight and my eye turned in until I had surgery. Got through college, you know, went to high school, went to college, got married and all that. But, um, it, you know, it just always was there. And like, even today I went out for dog walk with my dog and I put on a meter and it went crazy. I was already communicating with something today. I can always feel things and I'll put things on and I've been able to pick up the paranormal, um, spirit loved ones and even angels. So I've had it my whole entire life. Wow. It, oh, it's almost like a superhero story. <laughs> like it was an event that caused it. 
Um, well, I think it was actually, you know, back in the day, they they didn't, you know, they had the doctors that come to the house. And uh, I mean, I'm really aging myself here. But, uh, <laughs> but the thing is, is that they didn't know like if I died for a minute or not and because I couldn't breathe. So I don't know if I did. I do remember being very young and seeing a very bright, bright light around me. So whether I died or not, I don't know. But that's where the turning point was for me in my life with all of this. Wow. Wow. And when, I guess, when did you kind of let everybody around you know that there was something different happening with you and that you could communicate? Like, was there a point where you're like, mom or you know, dad, I, this is, this is happening. And what was their reaction? I was actually that age, you know, two, two, oh, I, still, wow. I still remember like having the, you know, the, the, you know, the pajamas, the onesies all the way down your feet <laughs> and walking down the stairwell. I still vividly remember this, even though it was like years ago, holding on to the rail and saying, you know, going on my parents, uh, down to the first floor and saying, you know, they're watching TV at night. And I said, you know, mom, there's, there's something in the room, you know, it's walking around, it's floating around. And she said, come on, honey, it's all right. Go back to bed. It's your imagination. And she closed the door and I, I shared a room with my sister, but I was like, Oh, you know, they're, they're not gone. They're still in the bedroom, but that proceeded most of my life and they didn't believe me. So I just, I had to like, it was horrible as a child to kind of have to deal with it by myself. And I always tell people the kids are most vulnerable at under the age of five years old because they are so sensitive because the top of our heads are sought from birth. And that's where we receive information as medium. So we see things and experience things a lot. So. Right. Right. Now I did see that you had a Catholic up, were, were you brought up in a Catholic household? Yes. Yes. And you know, cause we've had this conversation on the show. I, was raised in a Catholic household. Uh, my co-host was also raised in a Catholic household. And our our mothers were actually quite open to those kind of, like they were a little bit more open to the spiritual world. Um, why do you, did your parents maybe not seem to have more of an open mind? What did they believe in? They didn't believe in any of this. I never heard them talk about it. And honestly, because I, I did go to church every Sunday and I started talking to God very vividly around eight years old in my mind when I was in church and saying, why do I have all of this? And um, but my my mother would just say it was your imagination. So I couldn't say much. And they did never talked about like the other side of being open or having any kind of experiences. So they were really just unapproachable like nothing wrong with it but i think that's the, the normal and it's just you know don't talk about this and this is not you know this is this is not happening it's your imagination because i think a lot of catholics as well as any a lot of people are afraid of it because you know the catholic church has a reason because not all spiritual forms are good and so they don't want you dabbling and they don't want you talking about it so it was more of a they weren't horrible to me but it was more like a shutdown like you know there was no conversation that could continue with that so what was uh the moment because like you you've um been experiencing this like your whole life basically right like it was so young when you started so what was the moment when you thought oh maybe i can like do this for my life and like help other people as a career it was not until my 40s actually um i was in a really bad marriage and i wasn't happy and um Ever, everywhere I've ever gone, I've had um, several paranormal experiences, almost like I was drawn to certain houses to live in. And so I was in this house in Easton, Mass, with my husband, my first husband. And I knew 
there was stuff going on in the house and I had um, said that there was a woman that passed in there because I could feel like my head was exploding and I said she must have had brain cancer or something. She's in the back room on the first floor. And um, so I talked to a neighbor neighbor, and it validated there was a woman that passed on that, that in that room from brain cancer. And, um, and shortly thereafter, we had a, um, my ex-husband, who was a scientist, uh, was downstairs in the living room. We had like a cut loft that you could kind of look up in between the bedrooms upstairs. And we came back from going out for dinner or something. And he's like, Lauren, are you downstairs? He saw her float across the loft. And this is Mr. Like, this is not possible. There's no scientific evidence kind of thing. He always told me, don't talk about your stuff. And he was like, he was literally white as a ghost. No pun intended. He was white as a ghost. He saw her floating in a woman with a long gown, uh, like nightgown on. And I talked to my neighbor. She validated all this. But what happened was I was surprised out of all people. He called a medium in. He had a friend that was very open that knew a medium that could come to the house and do like an investigation. So here comes this woman. I don't even know who she was. She was in New Hampshire and she came down and she walked around the house and she checked, she checked all of our like um, antiques and stuff because they can have attachments. And then she walks around and we had so much stuff going on in the house. Like the TV was turning on by itself and a lot of things were happening. And she walked up to me at the end and said, you know why they're all here, Lauren, right? And I said, no. And she's like, because you're a medium. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know. No, I don't want I'm like, I don't want this. Like, I don't want this. No, I don't want this. And because I was having a lot of experiences. Um, and my ex was starting to have experiences and I'd hear like people talking and the TV was turning on by itself. And, and then I said to myself, Oh my God, I really am. It was like, Phew. it was almost like I opened that door, but I was terrified of it. I mean, terrified of this. I didn't even want to come home till my husband was home at night. So, um, it just basically led me into, you know, then my dad died. I predicted when my father was going to pass, I, I knew it. It just came to be not as a bad thing, but more have him reconnect with this mother who had passed at when he was two. And so many things were developing so quickly from that point that I decided to get divorced. I went forward and then I opened a, a Reiki practice. And when I opened that up, you know, I have to do hands-on healing with people and, all my stuff that I had locked away and tucked away because I didn't want to talk about it was coming out. I was seeing people say uh, angels, if they were dying of cancer, um, if they were going through something traumatic, their like higher self would talk to me about their life. And, or if they, they lost a loved one, they were coming in all on this, you know, these, these sessions. So it, it, it created this craziness of validation for the first time in my life at the, in my, 40s so fair enough i i want to ask you because um i've i've seen spirits uh like throughout my life or whatever but one of the times where it was like kind of most prevalent in my life was while going through a negative experience in a relationship um and it seems like that was kind of the same thing going with you do you think that there's a correlation there that maybe it's the negative energy in the house is attracting certain things Absolutely. Absolutely. It depends, you know, what kind of um, energies you have in the house. Like if it like this, I didn't have just her, uh, this woman that had passed, there were other energies in our house. So um, they can feed off of, um, they can feed off of people and they can feed, they can cause more arguments. They like it if they're negative because it creates more of a um, atmosphere of negative energy. 
And I actually, I will not lie. I actually, a couple of times I looked at my ex-husband and I said, I don't even know if this is him. I actually felt like he was being controlled by another energy. And I've seen it many times in many years in my work. I've, I actually cleanse people as part of my job. Like I'll have people come in and I'm like, I know they have an attachment. I'm like, get on my table. And I, I cleanse them. I've had a lot of experiences with knowing when people have an attachment or not, but it's true. Yes. It can cause more arguments. It, it likes the negative feed. Yeah, wow. absolutely. Did you ever cleanse him after? Oh God, no, he would never let me touch him with a 10 foot pole with something like that. But, um, he just wasn't right. Like he didn't look like him at the time until we sold the house and he moved out and he kind of like went back to normal, but Mm -hmm. that's wild. Yeah. I have a lot of paranormal. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about some of those things. So like, I guess we can start, what's the most interesting encounter you've had or the most shocking or uh, that, that you, that you can recall? Well, I have a few, but one is the one is the most, um, you know, intriguing. I got kind of involved with the paranormal a little bit, by the way, because I was a Reiki master teacher, and I had a bunch of like paranormal groups come to me. Well, one particularly near me, and they wanted to learn how to be more sensitive to energy. And they figured, I said, you know, if you take a Reiki class, it's going to ra- raise your vibrational state, and you're going to be more sensitive to receiving information. So I trained them, and they kind of consulted with me. And through that group, I met another woman. She wasn't in that group, and um, she came to me, and she, like, did tarot cards. I don't do tarot cards. And she said, listen, I've got a party, and I've got this, like, 10 years ago, and I have too many people, and I can't do everybody. Can you do some readings, and I'll do some cards? I said, sure. This is your gig. I'll come along. I'll hop along. So I went, and we walked into this very old building. Um, it was a, uh, what was it? Like an old Melville-like building. And the moment I walked in, I went, Ugh. like, I thought I was going to be sick. I felt this bad energy the moment I walked through that door. And I said, oh, I don't even want to be here. And I'm saying this to myself, but I'll, I gotta, I can't turn my back on this person. So I show up, you know, she does her thing and tells people what I'm going to do this in this room. Lauren's going to do this in this room. But she said, let's go upstairs. And I said, there's something wrong and that's on the third floor. I really don't want to go up there. She tried to encourage everybody in the group to go upstairs and try to do a seance first before we started the readings. And I said, I don't do seances. I don't call on the dead like that in a circle. And um, I had a pendulum with me and I checked the room to see if it was safe because I knew it was not safe. And I said, is this room safe? And I said, no. And it turned into a yes. And something was trying to lure us in. So we sit down and again, this is her gig. I'm trying to be professional and keep my mouth closed. She decides to do this big circle of people. I'm literally seeing black, huge entities around people's backs in the circle. And it was demonic. It was demonic. I know the difference. I know when there's a ghost. I know when it's a demon. And I know when it's a loved one. I feel the difference. I know the difference. And I looked at her and people were watching me because they kind of knew I was a medium. And I said, I don't feel comfortable staying up here. I'm going to leave the room and I'll see you guys downstairs because there's nothing, something's not right in here. So she starts, I'm going to call in all spirits, whatever she said. And so some people followed me downstairs. And um, luckily, you know, there's like 15 minutes later, people come downstairs, they're screaming, oh my God, Lauren. Now the girl that was actually hosting the party, her name was Lauren too. And uh, that was having the party with all of her friends. Um, 
they said Lauren is um, something's wrong with her. And she had used her cross necklace to check also to see if it was safe up there. And the bottom of the cross had bent up. And she was not herself. Like the, the girl that I was with, her name was Maureen. Um, and Maureen was the girl that, you know, did the cards. And Maureen's telling me she's like, something's wrong with Lauren. I don't know what's happening with her. She Her cross bent up. She's not herself. And I had just talked to her like, 10 minutes before she was really funny and outgoing and you could tell it was not her something had possessed her or was starting to possess her so i said quick fill out the bathtub throw a bunch of salt in it we got to get her in the bathtub and so with her undergarments on and so people are like what are you talking i'm like just do it and lauren turns around and looks at one of her friends and gives a scowl look and they're like oh they they threw up because i said that's not her she is literally possessed. She had this face that was so scary. We put her in the bathtub. I said, you got to say your prayers. We're doing prayers. I told them what to do. She came out of the bathtub and she goes, and then she came too. And she goes, what happened? I couldn't speak. Something like was taking over me. She was literally possessed at this, in this building. And I was like, peace out. <laughs> so, so, so I'm like, okay. I'm like spraying myself with salt. It's a whole thing about salt. I'm sure you guys know I'm spraying myself with salt water. And I'm like, are you guys all right? And it was like, I'm okay. I'm like, I'm leaving. I'm like, I'm out of here. You know, it was like, I had done a couple of readings, but like this whole thing happened in the whole thing. It was scary. I actually saw somebody possessed for the first time in my life. She could not talk. She could not speak. Her personality was gone. And, and she looked her face like she looked like her, but it wasn't her. So that was, I'd say the scariest one I've ever experienced. But I, I knew then that evil really existed did, did you ever get an update on that situation because like, that person could just be running amok with a demon still to this day i have literally and not just this family i have other stories but i told her move get out of there that is not a good place because if it can affect you that much it can affect other people uh, but you, you're clearly sensitive to it and she had said like that there was stuff going on in the building there were these beautiful apartments so I've actually encouraged like whole major big families, like with people that are like professionals um, to move out their entire houses after I've gone in there where they've gotten scratched and pushed and shoved and yeah. And they have done it because it was so bad. Yeah. And I have another scary story, but you can, that was one of the big ones that was. Yeah. Tell us more. Are you sure? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I know for some reason the difference between the ghosts and the spirits and like, so the, the demonic entities really make you feel sick. And I'm sure you already know that, mm -hmm. like really make you feel sick and can give you a weird taste in your mouth. And uh, there was a lady that near my town here that had, you know, was having some paranormal experiences. And I had gone to her house a couple of times, did a walkthrough and did some clearing and it was very resistant. I actually hear it say, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving this person. And I use my meter, but I use mostly my equipment and I check with the meter, you know, the places. And um, I actually walked around the house and then I felt this bite on my ankle. And I looked down, it was red. And I'm like, this is just weird, bizarre. So I, I said, I got to go. There is, I, I'm clearing it and I'm like telling what to do. And I'm like, at the end, I said, I've got to go. And I don't know if I can come back. Something just bit me. And the ankle, I went home, I had teeth marks in my ankle, yeah, like clear marks of like teeth marks in my ankle. 
And it was not from an animal. No. It was um, from a demonic entity. And here's my husband. I always laugh because I've told the story before a couple of times, but this is like a major story. He's a firefighter. He's like Mr. Normal Guy. He's sitting there making dinner. And I'm like, hey, babe, I got to just, I think I just got a demonic bite on my ankle. And so I'm like, um, if I start to change or start getting tired or start acting weird, um, you need to tell me. He goes, okay, babe. He's like making a sauce or whatever he's doing. I'm like, so um, later on, like I was getting very tired. I don't know why I didn't get in the tub. I think it was trying to prevent me from clearing myself right away. And he's coming over and he's like feeding me shrimp. And he's like little, <laughs> like lethargic on the couch. And he looked at me, he goes, babe, you're not right. I think you're getting an attachment. Jump in the tub with the salt now. And so I'm like, okay. And I did. I'm sitting there, I'm crying and I'm praying and I'm saying all my prayers. And I'm like, God, I promise I won't get myself in a very bad situation like this again. I'll just do them for kids if I need to or families with kids and please help take it off of me. And like within 15 minutes, it's like I could say my prayers correctly. There's a whole thing about prayers. They won't let you pray. Right. If you have an attachment. And so it came off of me and I was like, that woman was so mad at me because she wanted me to come back. And I said, I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't put myself in that vulnerable situation i read clients all the time i can't have anything on me or getting on me so um she was very upset but it was definitely a demonic bite that was trying to say you know you're not you're not clearing me out of it you ended up selling her house though and moved to a, a condo i was going to say what did they end up doing because obviously you weren't able to 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 help them remove the demon you wasn't go or she wasn't going anywhere so what else are you going to do in that that scenario um, my, my situation is not just going in and seeing what's there, right? Mm-hmm. It's really helping them to get it out, right. you know? It's not like one of those paranormal shows that come in and they try to spook it, then they leave it there and say, bye-bye, see you later, have a nice weekend. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to leave it in your house. You want to get rid of it. So I try to teach people what to do and and work with them to get rid of it. Sometimes it's just so bad. Like I say, move, like literally move. Right. I've never, I've never had that. I've never had that kind of experience in anywhere that I've lived. Um, I can't imagine, but I've, we've had people on the show that have shared their experiences. And it's, in most cases, I feel like um, sometimes they think it's so interesting at first, and then they invite it almost to come closer and become more part of their lives. And then at the end of it, they're like, oh, the, this isn't, this is something that I should never have addressed or toyed with or invited to come further closer to us and then they can't, no. they can't do anything about it you don't you do it on the outside you don't do it on the inside of your own home yeah literally sure. even today i was talking to something outside the back of my house of the trails and it came through so much on a meter and it was saying the words and it was transcribing the words i went down the other street and I said listen i gotta go i'm not bringing you home in the house with me you're not following i'm gonna end this connection right now and it said it said something like I can't remember. I have to, it's going to be on my YouTube channel. I'm uploading it, but it was basically, it said end of conversation, goodbye now or something like that. It like literally was answering me. I'm like, wow. That's wild. Now. Okay. So those were scary stories. Have you had any kind of beautiful, nice experiences with, with, you know, the afterlife that you can share that really like touched you in a, a really good way, a positive way? 
Yes. I mean, they're not all scary. Those are some of the like freaky ones, but those are more like the demonic ones. The good ones are obviously the people that are stuck, that don't know that they're gone and trying to assist. And um, in the beginning, I started working with some teams a little bit as a medium, and then I kind of branched out on my own. But there was a team that I, I went into a house that were having a problem with um, lights that kept on breaking and, and the electricity not working. And so I discovered a very young boy um, that had, um, back in the day, I'm sure you remember that, you know, if their kids were mentally challenged, they'd lock them up in the you know, into the attic and things like this. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like it was, I can't remember the age range. He probably was was under the age of 10. And I said, there's a young boy here. I think he was around eight. And I said, you know, I think his name is Brian. And um, he's telling me that he was in this room before and he has a cross. He just, he, you know, he passed away and he still thinks he's stuck here. We just need to help him go into light. And they said, well, what do you do? And I, so I closed my eyes and I connected and said, it's okay, honey. I said, you could go, um, go to light, take my hand. And I visualized taking his hand and seeing him in spirit and brought him to the light and said, it's okay to process. You're okay. And you're safe and you can go. And the interesting part was after that, the paranormal team went back, I think the following weekend and nothing had happened. No, all the electricity was working properly. They had no problem and they had no more experiences. It wasn't scary. It was more like he was trying to get attention. So a lot of times, you know, if they're good, they're just trying to get attention. They're not going to hurt you. They're going to play with electricity and things that like that and let you know that they're there. And um, so that was a beautiful one. Nice. And um, yeah. Well, Cody's on a show called Ghosts. I don't know if you've watched he was well he was part of the show i don't not sure he's gotten his callbacks yet but um was your uh cody i I don't think we've even talked about this you're you're the basement dwellers yes something yes were they were they just trying to get attention were they actually mean ghosts down there uh no no my uh my character because it's a comedy show right so Uh, the ghosts in the basement just really want people to leave the light on so they don't have to just sit in the dark all day. See, that's the that's the yeah. whole <laughs> joke, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Is they keep leaving us by the water heater with the light off. <laughs> so now, obviously, you've done a few paranormal investigations. You told me that you had done something with Lady of the Dunes, so I started looking, obviously, at this uh, specific um, thing, which is it was a woman nicknamed for an unidentified murder victim discovered on July 26, 1974 in Race Point Dunes in Provincetown, Massachusetts. So according to Wikipedia, efforts to identify her and her killer have kind of been unsuccessful. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience working on that and if you have any theories of what happened to her? I have to be super careful. Okay. Because, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I'll definitely tell you some of my experiences um, and things I definitely can share. But um, I was I was very lucky. I got contacted by a producer in Massachusetts that wanted to have uh, three mediums uh, work on this documentary. So I was one of three. And it just kind of worked out because I think I had this great connection with her. And she, she knew I was legit trying to help her not just like oh i want to be on tv and stuff that's cool but i really wanted to help her it bothers me when they're stuck and so um 
you know, went down with my husband who ended up getting also involved in the film, um, being filmed because of his perspective. And he said, oh, there's no way her body could have been placed like that. It, it was strategically mm-hmm. placed. And then they wanted to talk to him and he ended up getting interviewed and filmed too. So we went down together. Anyway, I felt very drawn, even though I was not supposed to film at the cemetery to find out where her, you know, the remains or the reins of remains were um, buried. Um, the town had chipped in and did like, you know, Knights of Columbus had done this, you know, got a little grave site for her. Mm-hmm. So I visited it and she was telling me that she wanted me to get, um, I said, I got to bring flowers. I have to bring flowers. And I asked her what color and she told me what color, which you'll find out in the film. But it was all tied into a lot of things that happened later on. And so I went down and I, I basically took my necklace off and I started talking to her. I was listening to it, but I was watching it like a pendulum. And I asked her who I, you know, this particular person that I thought it was and a couple of people that I thought were involved, if they were her killers. And she answered yes. Oh, wow. And that was in the very beginning of the day that I arrived. And I said, listen, I really want to help you. I started actually crying, like being near her grave because I felt her pain. And she's just like, helped me so much. Um, and then the next day, my husband got filmed, um, you know, about his expertise and we were at, you know, I wasn't filming at the studio, but he was. And then I met the some people that were involved in the case, and they had um, brought in this this uh, bowling bag that the former chief of police for thirty years used to carry her skull around in, oh. because he was trying to get DNA samples. He was trying to bring in different labs. And back in the day, of course, you know, they didn't have all the technology they have now. And I put my hand in the back and all I could hear her screaming in my head, help me, help me, help me. And I was just like, oh, my God, I I completely lost it because I just felt so bad for her. I felt her pain. I felt her experiences. And then later that day, I filmed with um, at the former chief of police's house. I can't get into too many details because I don't want to get in trouble. But yeah. They had me walk around that house, and they said, do you feel anything in this house? And I picked up a few locations where people had passed in the house because I could feel the energy there. And they had me actually sit in one of those locations to channel basically the chief former chief of police. So that was interesting because my voice changed a bit, and he told me his perspective. And then I had to call her in, and she started showing me almost like a movie different clips of things that happen one by one by one by one and everywhere. And then I started feeling the experiences of what happened to her when she was murdered, who, who it was and how they did it and how she had some experiences because they thought, I think they thought that she was dead and she wasn't dead yet um, in some of it. And so they continue to do different things and, I was really upset, to be quite honest, with the whole thing. I'm thinking, they're filming three mediums, so different locations. We're not meeting, which is great. But how, if what happens if somebody, somebody says it's, a, you know, a couple that did this, and somebody else says it's a guy with brown hair that killed her, and somebody else says it's three guys that killed her, which one are they going to know? But then I realized at the end it was good because several of us had said similar things and were all recorded different places. So that was a very cool experience, and... Of course, some of the people, there were about 20 people in the house when we were filming, 
and they knew like this whole story. Some of them were still with the police department or relatives of them. And they're like, okay, those things make sense. You, There's no way you would have known that from the evidence and things that we found. So that was cool. But the last day I, I got filmed Ash in the Dunes and we had, I had to walk around the whole area of the dunes and find the location she, where she was actually uh, murdered. I mean, it's just like a patch of dry, I mean, all the sand, but a big, big, huge, like a uh, oval circle of dry trees and things where I had to actually find where her body was found. And so I walked around quite a bit and I went to a couple of spots and I felt like she had been moved or they considered those locations. And then I found the actual spot where she was laid uh, strategically. And once I got that spot, this overwhelming sense of her grief came through me and she was crying and she says, I just want people to know who I am. I just want people to find me. She gave me letters of her name. And so we think that we may have found out who she is, but the biggest thing was um, before I left that area, I took, I went to the ground and I took some weed and some dried berries. This was last April that we filmed. It's coming out this April, I believe. And I said, I'm not going to forget about you. You know, her DNA was in those weeds. You know, her body was found there. Her blood was in there. And I said, I'm not going to forget about you. Actually, have a, I actually have them in my office, but you can't have it for this segment. But I can, I can show you. But I said, I'm not going to forget about you. And boom, I left. And when I left to go home to drive back to my, my, my town, uh, I had stopped at the innkeepers that let me stay there. I did a paranormal investigation for him at his house. I promised I'd do a little, little thing, but she was starting to talk to me through the meter. And she said, look for the road. And she said some other things. And, um, I said, I, she's still with me. And I said, I'm sorry, but she's coming in on your, your investigation. He's like, that's all right. That's cool. And I was spent. So I was going to hit the road. And I said, don't forget mental, mental. No, don't forget to look for certain things on the way home that she told you about markings, et cetera. And so I was driving back and I called my husband and all of a sudden the line dropped, you know, the Bluetooth line dropped in my, I said, Hey babe, I'm driving back. I'll be home like in a couple of hours. And all of a sudden the line drops and I look over and I see one of the things that she was telling me about. It was very unique, and I can't say it because the, the producer will kill me. And I said, no pun intended, but he's not anyone to say that. But I was like, oh, my gosh, this is exact. She did this. She dropped my line because I looked over, and the thing that was very specific was right there in front of me. I had to pull over on the side of the road, and then I, I further investigated, and we found other things, and we had the crew come back and film other things where I – we found other things and I found other things that had to do with the flowers and they were the same color. And we found all these different things that were all matching out and synchronicity. And I said to the producer, I said, you, you, you can't, you won't believe this. This is what I was just talking about. And he, they came back and they're like, Oh my God, I can't get into it too much because you know, it's, it was interesting, but she was just like, I am not letting you go. You promised me that you were going to help me and I'm not letting you go home yet till you see where they brought me. Yeah. So you can show everybody. So do you think this Wikipedia will need some updating after this documentary airs, <laughs> by the sounds of it? I am hoping, and through the grace of God, I've made some other connections through my work as a medium, private 
meetings and I've found other people too that might be able to help me with a case. And my whole thing is really layered arrest because nobody's, you know, when you're murdered like that, you're not really laid to rest. You're not. And um, I want to actually do a fundraiser and get her a bench and put it near where her body was found so people can visit her. Because she told me, I want people to visit me. Yeah. Yeah. I want people to visit me and not forget about me. And I want to get her name on that and make sure that we can validate it. I I have a couple things. Um, the first one I'll say is like uh, it seems like this documentary would pair very well with like um, the latest like Conjuring movie too, and like this uh, idea of like paranormal investigation of uh, murders. Like it's like kind of like hot from that right now as well. Mm -hmm. um, so that seems like a really uh, cool pairing there because that movie's about the first time that they use that right. Um, and then also, uh, this guy holding the, uh, pulling bag with the skull, he's, it seems like there's better DNA samples that you could use that, that would be less, uh, Is that all they had? Gruesome. They had her whole body, they did, did they have her whole body? Like, what was kind of, can you share at least that kind of, I think that's probably public information, but, um... It Mm -hmm. The public information was she, they had taken out so many of her teeth that there was no way to do dental records uh. and they had tried to sever her head. This is all public. And they took off one of her forearms. We think she may have had a ta tattoo or marking that would have mm -hmm. indicated her. And several years back, there weren't really any cell phones. So you couldn't really trace anybody or find out anything about this person. So they made sure uh, it looked, like a hit almost to me, but they made sure that she could not be identified. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's what's going on. But it was interesting. It wasn't just mediumship for me because I, it, to me, I love the afterlife and the paranormal. They tie hand in hand in my, my category, honestly, it depends what you're communicating with, but they all need help. Except for the demons, the heck with the demons. <laughs> Stay where they are. <laughs> So this idea of him carrying around this this head in a in a bowling bag was that really just like his? Did he keep it close to him because it was like really the primary source of of evidence that he had? Is that why he had it in in that bag everywhere he went? He was just it was a you know he was a former chief chief of police and he was trying really hard to get as much as he could get off of that and go different places to sure. get it tested, I believe. And so I don't know the, all the details of it. And now, I mean, it really will depend on if a DA's office is going to take whatever they have now and make the right connections to be able to find out what this person is. I think there's a capability of it. And even though the film may not come down with a total conclusion, I don't know how he's going to uh, how he's editing it is I think it's done almost done with production now is people have to make their own conclusion, but it'd be really nice to solve it because I feel like that's a place I need to be paranormal is fascinating, but I also want to really help pick and choose, of course, some murder case situations because they need to be resolved and they need to be put at rest. Now, did there, was there a family that they were able to like, is there any way of contacting this person's family? Are you, obviously you can't really talk about that, but, um, but like, I, I'm assuming from, if there's someone watching the documentary that has a connection to, to what you've kind of been able to figure out here, if someone was to respond to that and say, that's sounds like 
something that could have happened to my relative or whatever, would that be one way of kind of confirming whether it's true or like, you know, the work that's been done was accurate enough? I am hoping, but we don't know because I don't feel like she can, I don't feel like she came from the state. So I felt like she came from another state, which I can't talk about. And so did another medium that was on this. And, uh, so that's a tough thing. If this is in the seventies, there aren't any cell phones. There's no tracking devices. You move away, you run away, you, you leave the state. There's so many possibilities. And I feel like most of the family has been just, just it's deceased now. Sure. And uh, so it makes it tough unless there's a distant relative still looking yeah. and trying to pair it together. But yeah, that makes you know. sense. Mm-hmm. But I know she still, you know, still wants me to help. So I've yeah. got to do what I can. So we were talking about like uh, this kind of uh, thing, but I want to know, Two, like, what is the most common question that you get? What's the most common thing that people come to you with? Honestly, I'd say mediumship. And so I'm a psychic and a medium, and I have been tested and endorsed for both of them. And that means I went through a lot of testing stages to be authenticated and and accurate um, because I take this work really seriously. And I'd say it's mediumship over psychic work. And the thing is, it's interesting, Cody and Nicole, uh, Nicolina, is that I don't want to know anything. Um, anybody in the professional industry is not going to say, why are you here? Obviously, I say, you're having a mediumship. Is that what you want? Yes. Okay. It's about deceased people. You know, don't tell me who you're looking for. And so I let the spirit loved one come in and uh, for that person, spirit loved ones, and then I kind of go through whatever they're telling me that's only going to be uh, something that the sitter can validate as true. Um, could be their name, how they passed away, different ailments that they had in their body, how they've already been contacting them. And it's because it's I have to have it validating for them. Otherwise, it's not going to be good for anything. Psychic is about their life, and it's their highest spirit that's talking to me. And angels, I don't really do too many angel readings, but it's their, you know, their angels, the guardian angels that are working with them with them. But the interesting part is that I don't, I always say, don't tell me, don't give me any questions and don't tell me what you're here for, except for the reading type. Because when I go through, if I did my job in the first 45 minutes of a session, a lot of the questions that they had brought, if they had it all, were already answered. And that's what makes it interesting because I don't want them to tell me what it is. That makes it easy in our industry to to roll off of. And I feel like if everybody that's legit, you shouldn't be asking questions anyway. That's my personal opinion. No, I think that that's a, probably a very uh, authentic response to have if you really do believe in in what you're doing and what your work is. Because, yeah, I've heard – I had a question here and I took it out. But, you know, there are – obviously we've done episodes on psychic frauds and people who, you know, they dig into their entire backstory and history and then they come to these wild conclusions and it's like, well, anyone can kind of make those conclusions if they dig deep enough and know enough about that person. And and myself, I can just intuitively say, well, based on this, this and this, then this must be the the reason why this is happening or whatever it might be. So I I, I think there's definitely a difference between people who are just like intuitive to people who are just extremely sensitive like yourself. Well. 
there's different levels. You know, there are people that, that's the thing. There's people that, oh, I have some experiences and they put themselves as a professional, but they're not a professional. It takes years of development. I'm still developing. I'm in my 50s and I, it, spirit works with me in so many ways and changes it up for me all the time that I have to, it's not, it's it's amazing. It's 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 incredible. But there are a lot of people out there that are going to look at the backgrounds. Well, I guess they they don't have anything else to do because I certainly don't have time to look at people's backgrounds. And I find half my clients lie about their names anyway because they don't want me to know who they are. And I'll be calling them something like, "Oh, well, my name's really so and so, but I just booked it out of that." I really don't care. Like I just I'm going to go off the cuff and. But yeah, there's a, a lot of people out there that have some sensitivity and they try to charge a lot of money and then that's when they give us the rest of the legitimate people out there bad rap. So what is the testing process look like? What like, yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I never, how did I go about this? Okay, so what happened was I said, if I'm going to be out there and I'm going to be, you know, going from breaking into readings now, I've got to really know that I am accurate at what I do because the readings were coming out and all my clients were saying, yes, yes, that makes sense. So I took some classes, not to learn, but just get validations. And I felt like that's not enough. So I found a research, uh, a media, uh, sorry, a uh, scientist that well, it's Voices Across the Veil. I've been with him for eight years as a research medium. And he said, okay, if you want to be part of the team as a medium to read for us for, for data, you, we have to test you. And I said, okay. And I said, what does that entail? And he said, you're going to have to just read a few people over the phone. You're not going to know anything about them. And they're going to have to give me feedback on their colleagues. And I said, sure. So these were scientists I believe I was reading. And so there were phones. So I don't see these people. I didn't. I had to read them basically by based on their spirit and their voice. That's what I read if it's the phone. And I don't remember what I actually said, but I told them about their life and I told them about people that had passed away and the experiences they were having and having. And the next day, I think the scientist came back. And so I was tested twice by him and said, you made the cut, you know, you did great and you're going to start working for me. And a lot of my time for that program is volunteer because I do believe in the afterlife research and pictures and all that. And I just think it's so important. And so after that, um, Ariel, that's the one that I've gotten the words from, they've con they contacted me and said, Oh, we're, we saw your test and just redoing that too. Would you like to be part of our platform? And I've been with them about five or seven years, I think. And I said, sure. She did the same exact thing with two different people. So that was four times. And then I said, you know, I'm going to keep going. And I found Best American Psychist was doing it. So I contacted them and I had to do the same thing with two other people. So that's six times. And then who else was it? Oh, casting. I was actually under contract for a medium television show in 2014. 
and I had to read the casting director and the producer. And then that was the eight times. And since then I've read other producers and casting directors because they wanted to make sure, you know, they weren't, that I was, you know, I knew what I was doing. So it's been over eight times, but I think that was, that really helped a lot because there's not a lot of people in the industry that, that, that go through that process, but I'm pretty tough on myself, maybe because I was married to a scientist that, if people are going to choose me for any work and pay for my fees that I need to prove myself. So that was a big thing for me, but that's just how I roll. Yeah, <laughs> That's rigorous. Yeah. I mean, like it, it seems like a no brainer to like, if you're going to pursue this, um, this field to do these testings and to continue to like, exp- that expands yourself too. Right. Like it's almost like a, um, like a, a learning Testing process yourself, too yeah. to do those. Yeah. So it, that's, yeah, it seems like a no brainer for anyone that wants to pursue that field to take those tests. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is now my mother's like, you know, let tell me it's your imagination. She's so cute. She's in her eighties now. She's like, Oh my God, you really in a psych medium. I'm so sorry. And all of a sudden I'm like, I got tested again. And so she's so cute. Yeah. We all have to <laughs> prove ourselves to our parents, no matter what we do in our lives. It's <laughs> my mom still asks me what my career even is, but you know, it's just over and over again every year. Are you sure this is what you want to do? Um, but yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I have questions around actual readings. I mean, I'm kind of stealing this from Cody, but have you ever done any readings where you're like, I don't really want to tell or you feel the people the people that you're reading for maybe can't handle what you know or what you feel? Um, like, is there any been occurrences where you're like, I can't divulge that information? Or are you like, I'm an open book. I'm telling them everything that I feel, all all the things that I, because I feel when I've gotten psychic readings, sometimes I don't know if they want to be honest completely with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. It depends again on the psychic medium and the professional level and, and how we say things. I'm actually going to be teaching mediumship, um, intermediate and like advanced courses this year about how to do things and how to do it the right way. Cause it's such a need for it in the industry. And for me, I was never trained again, like anybody that's really got this, I think they've always had it or it, it just has to, it unlocks itself at the right time. And you could be any age, you could be in your fifties and sixties and have like this huge development curve. And, and all of a sudden, like, you know, you got to do it and you just want to make sure that you can do it right. Um, but to answer your question, I know, I mean, I don't typically want to know if I'm reading somebody psychically about their life, like if somebody's going to die, they're like, I said, I'm not going to tell you that if I see that. I don't see those people that I read die, but sometimes I have felt like their spouses were going to get sick and, and, and pass away. And so I have to be very, very careful about how I word it or if I'm going to tell them at all. Mm-hmm. Like if it's about their love and relationship and career, I'm just right out and I'm I'm going to tell them exactly what I'm getting. But when it comes to love and cheating and death, it's a very those are very big things that can ruin somebody. And so there was a there were a few that I remember very specifically. There was a woman that that used to, she's somewhat my friend now, but I think her husband became afraid of me because she went home to kind of, I think she told him, but I had said to her that he was going to get sick 
And he was going to really, really sick. And I said, he's. I feel like he's going to pass in a few years, and he's going to have cancer. And you need to keep an eye on him because he's not going to go to the doctor, and it's going to be abdominal. And I see him passing away in a few years. And she, I said, you. I, I said, I see him getting sick. And she said, is he going to die? And I didn't want to say it to her right away. And I said, I feel like it's going to be a few years, two and a half years from now. And sure enough. He had got the cancer, and he passed away. Too. But he would see me at a restaurant and wouldn't even say hello because I think she had said something to him about it. Or That's where it's tough. Sure. But have that time for closure. Have that time to go to the doctors. Have that time to get on the game and maybe get some care to maybe extend your life. Um, that was one of them. And there was another time that... I had a client that asked me about her son. I, he was addicted to drugs, and she said, is he going to die? That's the worst thing when they ask you, and you really don't want to go there as a professional. And um, I, I said, I, I can't answer, and I just my face changed. I said, I, I can't go there, and she knew. And sure enough, he died, a, 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 I think, a month or two later of an overdose. But I had seen him passing. Yeah. How can you tell mother that going yeah. to lose their child? It's it's very tough. Yeah. Did you have any questions about psychic or mediumship that you want to know? Uh, or do you want me just to tell you? Yeah. No. I mean, we do want to, we do want to know. Cody really wants to know. Cody's like, Ooh. I mean, I do I'm too. I do too. But I'm one of those people who I feel like you can't be completely honest with because it'll like rattle me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I won't say anything terrible. No, you can say it. I know. You can say it. You can see it. Say it. So, Cody, uh, I wanted to say there's something going on with your heart, though. Are you having any chest pain or anything that's going on in your chest right now, or do you have a history of heart cardiac? Um, in my family. In my that's family. Per that's personal. I know. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna say you've got to check your heart out because I feel like you have something that's a hereditary. Uh, you've got something going on with your cardiac issue. You have a cardiac issue. And that's where I get like boom right in your yeah, face because you I'm going to say like that's something you do not want to worry uh, think about. But I do feel like you get some mild chest pain. Do you get them at all? Um, not really. Um, not really that I've uh, noticed. No. But okay, you could tell me that because I want you to tell me that. But I mean, okay, you might be getting them because I feel them when I connect to you. Mild chest pains are not going to be bad, but I do want you to check into it. Make sure you don't have. Is there any early passings at all in your family from cardiac? No, but like, um, like my uncle has had multiple heart attacks and has somehow survived them. And my mom survived like what they call the widow maker. Um, there you go. Both sides. I mean, I mean, yeah. look at that with family, but definitely take a look into that too. I have a, a, a grandfatherly figure here for you. That is like he's looking at you like a son, not grandson, but son. He's saying he, he looked at you like a son, not grandson. Very, very close to you. And is there a W in his name at all? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's exactly right. Holy shit. Because he's like, I'm here. And like, actually, when you guys were asking me questions, I'm going to tell you, I, I cheated a little bit. I'm like looking at you going, what can come in for this person? And I got grandfather, the Cody, and he's like, Tell him I'm here. And there's something with his heart, too, because I still feel chest pains. Did he pass from a heart attack or anything with a heart-related issue? I, I think it was more of old age. He, was, um, he passed when I believe he was 94. Oh, wow. Okay. He had a good life. Yeah, that's a long life. 
Is there is your name have to do anything with his besides obviously the last name? Anything with the last name? But he said your name is like mine. There's something with that. What does that um, mean? Yeah, my his name was uh, Willis. My middle name is William, which is my dad's name. And his okay, okay. Right, so he's tied that in. Yeah, the W. Mm-hmm. Wow, he's come he's come free to you a couple times already in dreams, mostly dreams. Well. Cody's like start to shop right now. <laughs> uh, you guys want it? You got it, Toyota. Only kidding. Um, so, what what happened with the the dreams? He said you you have a you are very vivid, vivid by the way, and very open. That doesn't shock you why you're doing paranormal because you know, like you're very sensitive yourself. You've had a lot of experiences since you were very young. I'm hearing, but you've you've seen ghosts since you were young too, and you have that sensitivity. Wherever you go, you can pick them up, correct? Yep. And you know the difference between spirit and, and, and loved ones. I mean, ghosts and loved ones, you feel the difference. Does that make sense, Cody? Yeah. Okay. And so grandfather, your grandfather there, he's telling me that he is one of your guides, and he kind of helps you with this whole thing. He said you've always been fascinated by it. Yeah. And he knew that. Well, yeah, like I – uh did you talk to him about it? Because he's like, he knows about it. No, um, no. Like, it's funny because with my grandfather, like, I mean, I think I got, like, closer by the end uh, with him. But he is one of the only people that I have, like, an item of him in my room. Whereas, like, I was very close with, like, my uh, grandmother, like, on my mom's side, like, even more so. But I don't have an item. But it was actually like um, right around when I uh, booked this uh, TV show, it was my ex uh, brought me back my psychology book uh, from like I studied psychology just because I was interested in it. And she was like, you left this. And it was the day I found out about my like uh, TV show. And then when I grabbed my uh, psychology book and brought it home and I opened up the pages just I had put his like poems in there oh. that my grandfather wrote and they popped out. Oh my gosh. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's why. There you go. Yeah. That's interesting. But you never talked to him about the paranormal, correct? No. Well, because he knows about it. So I thought you talked to him about it. Did he live separate from you, like out of state or something with a distance? Um, quite a distance. Yeah. Like he, was... he said there was a distance there too that he didn't see you all the time, but. Yeah, it was more of like a summer thing. So I think that's what was happening is that you have, it doesn't mean that you don't have to have an item of the persons to connect to them. You just need to have that higher sensitivity. I don't want to make this too long, but you have that. You get, you have it already, which is great. So you just need to talk to him whatever you want to. And he's going to, re- I feel like he'll respond. You have a lot of vision. You get a lot of vision for you. Uh, you know, clairvoyance. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, yep. so you have the ability to see, and you do hear really well with clear audience, too. So when you talk to the other side, you get responses. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. That's all in your It's all in your head, not all in your head, but you can hear things out loud, but you're getting more, because uh, it's all communication in the spiritual world. A lot of it, 90%, is clear audience, and it's um, tele- uh, telepathy, you know, mind-to-mind communication but i hear that you have that very strongly so you should be doing more stuff with it 
And I know you probably are with the sh- if you're still on the show, but that's cool. Very cool. Yeah. Anything you want to ask your grandfather real quick? How is he? <laughs> <laughs> he said he's doing really great. And he's talking about seven, too. So I don't know. Is anything with seven? Did he pass seven years ago? Is your birthday in July? Anything with seven? I mean, it's my favorite number. It is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. There you go. All right. So there you go. That's, that's, that's my confirmation. Use for everything. There you go. That's my confirmation because it's only things he's going to know and you're going to know. I can't make them up. So <laughs> I asked him for one, Lauren. Okay. So he said seven, but if that was your lucky number, okay, and then you got the information in the book, right? You know, you have the poems or whatever. That is just like, that's cool. That's all synced out. You know that, right? Yeah. That's what. Okay. Awesome. I don't want to keep you guys too long. I, I, need, I need you to do something, to tell me something, <laughs> just something. Cody got this incredible connection here. I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to like hang out with you guys and have a glass of wine. Do it. I'm Okay, I wish I had it. So I'm in my office, but I'm sweating. My phones are sweating. <laughs> okay. There's a female for you, Nicolina, that has, she definitely has like a lot of pressure in her head. So it feels like Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. And I feel like it's a grandmotherly type. Would that make any sense with you? My great grandmother died of dementia. Was she also light like you, like light coloring? She was. She, feels, she was. She was. She, she, she said of me, yes. She said she was very fair. You look a lot like her, actually. I look like that side of the family very much. My mom is Italian. My dad was Italian and English. And the English side of my fairness came out with that that family, yeah. But was there no, was it Northern Italian? Uh, my Do dad was Northern. My mother was Southern Italian. Like, okay, because the Northern Italians do typically have light color. You're right. Just you're to, right. There was to give them. My ex-husband was from there, and I used to go there all the time. Yes, but I'm here. Like you look a lot like her, almost identical to her, and uh, so she's she's coming through. And she, that's the person that was reaching me right when you were talking earlier. Oh. And but you you did know her, but for a short. I don't know if you were like only one or two or something. I was. I was. Yes. Yes. Well, I knew her for. So a long time, she she got diagnosed with dementia when I was, I want to say about four or five, and she was in the hospital for like 10 years with dementia. So I never saw her. We were kind of not able to interact because of her illness. So um, she was not remembering anyone. And it was kind of hard to be around her when, because she would, she was slightly aggressive um, and she would not be doing well and it was something that a young child really shouldn't they didn't want me to be around it so I was like four or five when when she was put in the hospital that's tough yeah it's very tough but you know we never know like that's the interesting part of not knowing who's gonna come in because it could be people from like 100 years ago sure <laughs> and it's it's very fascinating to me because this spirit is just you know the spirit is still around and she just said that She's the one that's pushing you to do the show. Has it been like three years now for you? So this is, oh my God. It's and been, she said, I keep pushing you, pushing you, pushing you. And it's she's been pushing three years. You. She was the one person who said she was sensitive in my family. She was the one person. And my, I just had a conversation with her daughter, who is my great aunt. And she's like, you know, your great grandmother was sensitive, right? And I was like, no, I didn't know that. 
I had no idea up until like three months ago. I had no idea that she was sensitive. And then I spoke to my mom and she's like, oh, yeah, she used to tell me things when we would go visit her. And she would, you know, do kind of my mom's not reading, but just would tell her things when and I was so young, I never knew what she was talking about. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's been exactly three years in February. Oh, Wow. Interesting. Because I was going to say she is your driving force. I would not be surprised if she is not one of your guides, too. I'm not saying just because they both came in as your guides, but when they are pushing you, she is particularly pushing you. you are, you're very much like her, like you said, but she wants you to succeed at this. This is what you need to do. You're also going to be in a paranormal television show. Has anybody contacted you for that? Um. So there's I've had a lot of media in the last little while. We have had a lot of pickup. Um, so I'm not 100% sure if that will lead to anything significant in terms of television related, but we do have someone who is working with us on um, like actively pursuing PR related things. So I don't know if there's going to be something that comes up. I have no, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> It's going to happen. So I feel like that's going to happen by July of this year. Wow. And the lucky sub, number seven for, for Cody, for Cody, look, and he's going to be part of the team. He's not going anywhere. You do know that, right? Oh, no. Oh, it's that's I already like said. Yeah, she, he's with us. Oh, yeah. Stuck. Yep. Paranormal family. So, uh, <laughs> but I do want you to know, like, she does, You she's the driving force before, because you're like, you live, breathe, and everything with the show, like, Nicolina, you do like you cannot stop stop you like what is wrong with me? I don't even know how to slow down, but you enjoy it so much. And she is a driving force behind that because she said, This is your time, this is your time, don't give it up. And by like I'd say March next year, you're gonna have to let me know. I feel like you will not be in your day job anymore. So that is like the one thing that I have been talking about over the last kind of two weeks is that would be my, I, I literally had this conversation yesterday with a friend. I said, my ideal would be to have paranormal be my full-time job. Um, it felt, feels like that for me, that it is going in that direction. I don't know. And I said, I would love to be able to give up my day job so that I can actually focus on it because I know how to bring it forward. I know what I need to do, but the time in the day hasn't been there for me. So I don't know what's going to click that's going to allow me to make that transition. But if you're saying that, that it, makes sense. Mm-hmm. The media appearances are going to help. And also on top of that, I do feel like you're going to be filmed for some paranormal things as well. So that right there, you have a website and all that, correct? We so we have like um we have our like sonar website landing page that has all of like the access to are okay stuff. we want to make sure you really have everything up social media all those things oh, i do so feel like they're, they're gonna they're gonna be finding you and you know i feel like it, this is once you get out there you won't even need to worry that's what happened kind of with me with the television shows and i had a job working for nasa for 30 nasa for 30 years oh as a meeting planner and i wanted to leave i wanted to leave but i was like single mom syndrome you know being broken the whole deal and i'm like i'm not gonna why would i do this I, I'll, I'll just do my business on the side and i've been growing it for 15 years and i manifested it they needed budgetary cuts and it worked out and I just left in November and I had said, I'm leaving by November, no matter what. Yeah. 
Yeah. I had said to myself, I'm leaving by November. And I just, I felt this. So, and I left, they let me know and I left November 5th. I mean, tell me how that didn't work out all crazy. <laughs> so I'm really like, I was blessed, but now I could put myself and it's going to happen for you, but it's going to be March uh, next year. So I just started TikTok for this too. Like, <laughs> like this week, I just started it. And for some reason, there's just something that's pushing me towards doing it. And I don't know if that's what's going to kind of spiral an opportunity of some kind. I, I don't know. But like, we've, I've kind of made it my mission to just bring more uh, live content to, to, for this podcast um, online. So there's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cootie, what's the other question? I just heard you want to ask another question. No, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> he's he's like I heard you know, know. I want to ask a question. <laughs> I think there was a moment where uh, his mouth was open there for a second. <laughs> just still jaw drops yeah. on the table. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I I don't know. My mind's just blown. Yeah, so, my uh, mind's a little blown right now, I'm gonna be honest. Like we've I've had a couple readings before. Some have been pretty brief. Um, the last one I had was I had my tea leaves read and they told me this was right before the pandemic that in four to five, four to six months from now, you are going to be working from home permanently. And within five months, the pandemic had hit and I have since been working from home. And I, at that time, I said, I don't know how that's possible. I have no idea how this is going to happen. I've been trying to push from work from home for two, three years in my career and it's never happened. How is this all going to happen? And then it just did. And I was like, oh, okay. So now I'm like, I'm not taking what you're saying with a grain of salt. <laughs> no, you're not. It may not. It may happen even sooner than that. But, you know, you know what you're doing, you're professionals. And, you know, if you love what you do, it does circle back and it works itself in. And I, I had, I was very grateful for my job. It got me through all the times being a single mom and not getting child support and just all the stuff, lawyer bills and the whole, you know, nine years. And now I'm finally where I need to be. I'm a little older than I would have liked to have been by that point, but it's all good. And um, I love what I do. I'm, I'm going to continue to do the paranormal in the afterlife. And that's my thing till I, I'm gone. Like I want to get, I have pictures and I want to finish this book called, I started calling me, myself and them. And it's my different paranormal experiences. And I actually have a whole face behind my head and one of the pictures and it's my son's great grandfather. And it's going to be the cover of the book, like the eye sockets, the nose, the mouth, his Italian tie and <laughs> his jacket and everything. Yeah. So like my whole, this like, don't talk about it, show it too. Like let's yeah. show it, not just the readings, but show that stuff is out there. It's really cool. Quick question. Sorry. I'm just getting my head wrapped around what you just said. <laughs> is there going to be monetary and value to me pursuing that? Like you said, I won't have to, I'd be able to quit my day job or be able to leave it. Is that because there is actually like monetization and, and like, commercial success that will occur from this is that what you're kind of leading towards yes okay and i feel like you're gonna, your show is going to be bigger and i do feel like you'll be on television too with a show oh, or a segment yeah okay yes and that's going to make a big difference like for me when i started on tv the first time for the list which was last year mm -hmm. it just exploded everything i've been booked out for months and then everything else came the two other producers came and it just kind of worked it's worked mm -hmm. itself out but it just, it's been crazy. And I've been very blessed because I always, I say, just give me enough. 
I don't want to be a selfish person and be a millionaire. Just give me enough to pay my bills and make, you know, make some money. And I'm happy that way. And uh, I feel like that's going to be the same for you. You're both going to be very successful. Cody, you're like, you are you're rocking it, man. You're rocking it. You've you got your thing going on. You got your antenna up there. You know what you're doing. Um, and did, did you know the difference between a medium and a sensitive, by the way? Because I have a book called, and um, my book is on Amazon, and it's called Who Are You? Are you a psychic medium or other spiritual worker? And it talks about sensitive, and it is a little bit different than a medium. So a medium, like, of course, talks to, like, deceased loved ones, but a sensitive is the one that really talks to the ghosts. And so the sensitive is like an empath. In the physical world, if you're an empath, which you are too, Cody, you feel everybody's pain, you feel their emotions, you feel their thoughts, you can tell if they love you or they hate you, and it's just a lot of fun, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) And when it comes to the sensitive part, you're dealing with, uh, dealing with the spiritual world. So think about S and S. You're dealing with the spiritual world, and you can feel when energy is approaching you. You can feel if it's good, and you can feel if it's bad. And if it's good, it's usually loved ones. You're like, hey, what's going on? Stay over there. I'll talk to you later. If it's a ghost, it's going to be cold to give you the cold flashes and the cold and give you different sensations to communicate with you. And then if it's demonic, then it's going to make you feel sick. And they've got to be the ones that push you and attack you. So a sensitive can pick up all those things just like as an empath, but you're going a different dimension higher uh, in the spiritual world as a sensitive. So you're really most, you know, like when I was a medium for a couple of paranormal teams, I was a medium slash sensitive because I could read whatever was around me, but I could I could pick up where the ghosts were. And I was able to detect them even long distantly for some teams I'd never even met. Where, the, where they were in the houses and things, because they'd tell me. It was always interesting, because it doesn't know any time or place, you know, with paranormal. Yeah, well, yeah like, uh, my, one of my biggest problems is, uh, like, going into malls just exhausts me. Really? Like, yeah, you, you feel everybody's stuff. Yeah, it's insane. Like, uh, especially, like, some of the big malls here in, like, we're in Toronto, right? Big city in Canada, but... Like it's, uh, yeah. Like going into there, like I'm toast. Overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm going to have to probably send you both my book so you can read the sensitive, sensitive part. Cause you're going to say, Oh, this is me. You probably <laughs> like to stand in the corner somewhere because that way you can kind of shield yourself. And <laughs> yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask another question cause you, you touched on it, but I, I need to know, is there anything coming through uh, career-wise for me? <laughs> Are you out of work right now? I am. I knew it. Okay, I had a feeling. I shouldn't have said it like that, but I just didn't feel like you were currently employed. But you are, you know, through the show, in another way. But why are you changing your direction? You're changing your direction of where you want to go for your co- for what you want to do. You're changing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm looking at changing um, agencies. You'll be working in April. Is that for the the TV show? Is it for something else? No, um, it might be for something else. It's going to be something else. Twenty twenty. It's going to be this year, April. Why do I see technology for you? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I. I'm basically because I'm an actor, everything comes and goes uh, so mm-hmm. fast, right? So uh, mm-hmm. there's yeah. something there's going to be 
gonna be, I don't know, it's gonna be something with technology, but I obviously, if you're an actor, that would have no nothing to do with you at all. But I see technology, I don't know why. Like, just could you be doing production in any way? It could be production, it could be like maybe I'm seeing New York with all those images and Times Square. That's what it kind of looks like in my head. But I feel like you'll have a job or you'll have a April. I just keep hearing April. What are you looking? Okay, so you you said you're an actor. So what else were you thinking about doing? You still want to act, right? Yeah, exactly. So all right. So you're not changing career paths. You're still doing this. No, the only thing that I was uh, thinking about changing was just um, agency, just getting a new agent. Yes, do that. Mm -hmm. In the next month. Okay. (laughs) And then you'll have then you'll have a gig by April. There you go. All right. Yeah, do it. I'm here to do it. So I will tell people about timings if if it comes to me. And if I'm like, then other times I'll get a hesitancy if it's not the right time because there's a timing issue with it, which is interesting. Now's the move. But do it. Do it, my friend. Do it, Cody. You can do it. (laughs) I'm on it. (laughs) Awesome. I mean, I don't want to take any more of your time. I feel like we've just gotten i'm i'm ready to call my aunt right now and just be like your mom came through i need to tell her um she also just had knee surgery i feel like she'd love to to hear something like that so um lauren can you just share please uh with our listeners basically where they can connect with you where they can find you if they have any um you know they feel they would like to pursue or feel they're sensitive where they can get your uh book and or books and or join any of your coaching training sessions or anything like that? Okay, uh, so the best place would be I'm really active on social media, on Facebook, and so I kind of try to make it streamlined across the board, Medium, Lauren Robbins, all together, so they could find me on Facebook, my website URL uh, that goes to my old website address, which is my former last name, but it's Medium, Lauren Robbins, so if they go to my Medium Lauren Robbins page, they're going to be able to find uh, a spiritual school page. I'm going to be putting out some audios and uh, full audio classes. I also teach live. And they, I also have Medium events that I run every month, once a month or twice a month. For It's kind of like a way to pay it forward. I don't do a lot of people. I want to do that to help them. And I have private sessions. So that's the best place to contact me through my website. And if people fill out a form, they can request a session or they could uh, request spiritual training. And I put them on a list. So when it comes out, I contact them or my assistant does to let them know. But I try to come out on Facebook lives and do like training about different topics. Uh, So that's why it'd be kind of cool to go to my Facebook page because they're all talk about, I still have some past ones up there, but different topics about the spiritual world that people can use as kind of a takeaway and kind of get involved with the conversation. And they like that because this it's never ending. Like I could talk about the spiritual world all day, all night, every single day till the day I pass. And it's not going to be enough time because I just, I think it's fascinating and people need to know that the other side exists and that we are just literally just a dimension away and that it helps for healing. So people know they're not alone until they, they get over there and that um, their loved ones are okay too. So it's all about the evidence for me. And uh, so I try to put that out in my work. 
I think we need to have you back in like April or March. Oh, yes. Um, I, I think we've got some things going on in March and April that we need to recap and see where we're at. And I just, I think that we could, yeah, definitely, um, like I said, I don't want to take up too much of your time tonight, but I think that there's so many things that we could, we could talk about that we haven't yet. So I, I'd love to have you back. Um, and thank you so much for taking time out of your, your, your day and your day off uh, to talk to us. No worries. It was great. I really loved it. And another idea is if you ever had your um, listeners want to like submit so many questions, you could do that as an episode too. And I could answer them, not even knowing them, nothing. And they could get some feedback on it. it might be kind of fun. I made that request so. on TikTok. Actually, I said, if you guys have any questions, but I did it so last minute. So next time I will prepare and get them to actually submit questions. Cause yeah, after they hear this, they're going to have do some. Yeah, maybe like for Valentine's Day, we could do it all about love or something and see what people have to say. But or about paranormal questions that they have that they wanted answered. Like, I'm all for all of that. So um, definitely let me know. We'll figure out the schedule. Awesome. To wrap up the show, everyone, thanks for listening. And um, as always, stay spooky. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 